0: Thanks for joining me for this episode of Legal Q&A. This is utlradio.com, your business success and legal information station, and I'm your host, Peter Lamont. We're going to tackle two questions today. We did it last week. We're going to do it again because I have so many questions that I need to get through. We're going to start doubling up for a little bit. So today we're going to tackle two very unique, very interesting questions. One of them is, can a landlord raise rent without a new lease and force relocation? to a smaller space, okay, that's number one. Number two is, what should I do if I am representing myself in a lawsuit I was deposed, and now the other side will not give me a copy of my deposition transcript? So, two specific, very unique questions. We're going to get to them in just one second, but before I do, I want to thank today's sponsor. And today's show is sponsored by mdsupplies.com. They are your online super source for medical supplies, whether you are a doctor's office, a hospital, an office, uh, you know, maybe you are a a boys club or Knights of Columbus, anybody who needs medical supplies, bandages all the way up to surgical supplies, head on over to mdsupplies.com. They are a manufacturer direct marketplace with over 30,000 products and growing. Now, what this means is that the manufacturers actually compete against each other And that provides you, the customer, with the lowest price possible. They also have a super, super huge variety of both products and vendors. It it really is a one-stop shop for anything medical supply related. In addition to that, there's free shipping on just about everything. So if you want the largest variety and the lowest prices on medical supplies, check out mdsupplies.com. Also, I just want to remind you to make sure that you subscribe to the podcast, either on iTunes or Stitcher or Blog Talk Radio. Uh, iTunes seems to be the favorite way, and I would encourage you to do that. It's very easy. There's a link right on the homepage, utlradio.com, where you can subscribe to the podcast through iTunes. So please make sure you do that so you don't miss out on any of the episodes. Also, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, because as I've said before, the youtube channel has different content than the podcast okay i don't know, I, want, I don't want you to miss anything i want you to get the full picture i want you to be able to read what's being posted on the blog at utlradio.com check out what's going on over there as that's updated you know weekly if not daily then we've got the daily podcast we've got the videos there's just a lot of information and i want to make sure that you're getting a full picture of it all so Check that out. Make sure you subscribe to the newsletter. It's a free newsletter. You don't get spammed. You get a newsletter once a month and it does provide you with exclusive downloads and content and other information that you can only get if you subscribe to the newsletter. So make sure you do that as well. All right, let's jump into the first question and we're going to go and start off with, can a landlord raise rent without a new lease and forced relocation? So I'm gonna. Summarize the question that's being asked here because it's a pretty long question. Essentially, what's going on is that in August of last year, the tenants' lease, they had a written lease of the landlord, it expired, and the landlord did not provide them with a new lease. Instead, they sort of decided mutually that they were going to go on a month to month lease. So, for those of you who are not aware, in most states, If you don't have a written lease with a landlord and you're renting a rental property, like an apartment, if you are not bound by the terms of a lease, you're a month-to-month tenant. Month-to-month tenancy is what they call it. And that allows for you to leave after 30 days' notice and the landlord to ask you to move or leave after 30 days' notice. So essentially, you've got a lease for 30 days and then beyond that, you can be asked to leave. So that's how a month-to-month tenancy works. So if you don't have a lease, even if you had one, and this happens all the time because a lot of garden apartments or uh, maybe a, a, a two-family house, when you've got a, an owner or a landlord, that's busy. you know They're not really into all the paperwork that they should be. What they'll do is they'll sign you up with a lease initially. They'll do a credit check. They'll check your background, all that stuff, right? And then you're there for a year and your lease expires. And instead of giving you a new one, they just have you continue to pay. Now, you think that you're operating under the old existing lease, but you're not. Now you're on a month-to-month tenancy because your lease expired. So it's an important distinction. What happened here is that they were locked into a rate for one year. At the end of the year, the lease expired. They agreed mutually to go to a month-to-month tenancy. After the first month, the landlord decides to up the rent of the month-to-month tenancy. In addition, he asks them to move from their apartment to another unit so that they can conduct some renovations. And the renovations are supposed to last roughly two weeks uh, but what the tenant has seen from other tenants is that it's lasted more like three to four weeks. And the space they're in is significantly smaller. So what do they do? You know, And the question is, what options do they have? And is the landlord permitted to raise the rent? Well, let's tackle one part at a time. First of all, is the landlord permitted to raise the rent? The answer is yes. This is a month-to-month tenancy. The terms of your rental agreement, right? It's a verbal agreement, are based on a 30-day period. So at the end of that 30 days, the landlord can change the rent. He can up it. He can decrease it. One month could be you know X. The next month could be Y. It's not something that you see all the time, but it can be done. That's the beauty, if you will, from the landlord's perspective of a month-to-month tenant. Now, I would prefer, if I were going to be a tenant in a rental space, I would prefer to have an agreement in place where I can go back and look at it and say, you know, here's the terms and conditions, here's what I'm entitled to, here are the things that you can and can't do. I'd much rather have that because it gives you some protection. Now, thinking back to when I was younger, when my wife and I first decided to buy a house, we were living in an apartment. And we did have a lease, and the lease expired. And knowing that we were going to be looking, I asked the landlord if he would agree to a month-to-month tenancy. But I knew that we were only going to be there for maybe three months while we were looking for a house. And that's exactly what happened. And then that way, I was able to not be locked into a long-term lease and be able to move to a house. So that is one uh, situation where maybe it makes sense to have a month-to-month tenancy. But in general... I think it's better to have the protection and know that your rate's not going to change. Your rent's not going to increase over that year period because you don't have a lease agreement. All right. So we now know that he can raise the rent. That's for sure. But now what about displacing the tenant into a smaller unit while they make repairs? Under traditional leases, the landlord is entitled to make repairs to the unit. And sometimes they do temporarily displace the tenant. It's got to be something that's not intrusive. It's got to be something that makes sense. But if there's a situation or an issue or regular maintenance or upkeep, you know they can ask you to take another unit for a little bit of time. Not typical, but... Certainly with repairs, if something breaks, okay? Now, this is a more unique situation because there is no lease. So there's no terms and conditions concerning the repair. And they've now asked them to move down to a smaller unit so they make repairs. Can the landlord do this? Theoretically, yes. Landlord is permitted to move them so that they can make repairs to the unit. However, now that they're in a smaller unit, maybe they're owed a credit, right? Maybe they shouldn't be charged the same amount that they were paying for the larger unit. So that certainly is an issue that they can raise. Hey, I need a reduction in my monthly rent because we're not occupying, you know, uh, let's say it's a 1,000-square-foot apartment. Now we're occupying, uh, occupying a 500-square-foot apartment. And that has a value, you know, a decrease in value. So the size of the apartment is relevant. And uh, the other thing, too, is, you know, regardless of a written rental agreement, a written lease agreement, I think that the landlord is still obligated to act as a reasonable landlord under the circumstances. And therefore, if these people were displaced for two months, that would be excessive and unreasonable. And I think that they might have a claim for damages. But what I would suggest is that you do question the... Reduced amount that you should be paying over the course of whatever period of time, whether it's a week, a month, two weeks, two months, you should be paying less because the value of your current apartment being a particular square footage is higher than a apartment that you know you are you're, you're kind of being inconvenienced and displaced. Can they do it yes to an extent if it's reasonable for a reasonable amount of time but they should give you an offset so that you're not paying full price for something you're not getting. Tricky stuff with landlords, especially when the landlord is living in the the premises. So if it's a two-family house and you know you've got the landlord on the bottom floor and you're on the top floor, particularly in states like New Jersey where New Jersey is a relatively tenant-friendly state, meaning that there is a lot of rights conveyed to the tenant. So for example, if you are in arrears, you're behind on your lease payment and you actually get sued, you can go down to landlord-tenant court and make the payment and the landlord must accept the payment and keep you in the premises. So you know, there's a lot of of leeway afforded to tenants in New Jersey. The one time that there's not much leeway is when you live in an owner-occupied premises. So you live on the second floor and the landlord owner lives in the first floor because it's their primary residence they don't have to comply with a lot of the laws and you know pretty much can ask you to leave at their at their will you know if they don't like something that's going on so they have more rights as the the owner and the landlord you know occupying the premises so you've got to look at what your state laws are concerning landlord tenants and tenancy and that sort of thing but i think that in general you should understand that um, unless you are interested in only having the premises for a short period of time, be very careful with a month-to-month tenancy and don't get fooled into thinking that your existing lease is going to carry on without some addendum or amendment to your existing lease. I mean, it's possible that a landlord could say to you, here's your lease that expires in January. Here's an addendum extending the lease for another year. That's okay. But not, you know, here the lease is expired. Now just keep paying me because now you're in a month-to-month tenancy situation where, you know, you do have fewer rights and remedies. There's nothing in writing. You know, you don't have a document controlling your uh, your living situation. So be aware of that. So that was a good question. Thank you for submitting it. You will be receiving a free utlradio.com T-shirt. And... Uh, you know, it's something that we can learn from, and that's that's what's great about this show and the questions that are coming in. These are, are issues that not one or two or ten people have. Millions of people have these issues across the country, dealing with things like landlords and representing yourself. And so uh, it's wonderful that you guys out there are willing to submit your questions to get them answered. But not only are you getting an answer to your questions, but you're really helping other people who are in similar situations and so uh, so thank you for being willing to share and, uh, and for your, con- your continued support of UTLradio.com. All right, we're going to double up two for Tuesday. We're going to go on with our second legal question, and that is, what do I do if I'm rep- representing myself pro se? I was required to give deposition testimony, and now the defendant won't give me... My transcript. So here's how it goes. In this case, you've got a plaintiff who is pro se, meaning they're representing themselves, and the defendant has required the plaintiff to provide deposition testimony. If you want to know more about deposition testimony, you can check out our, our YouTube page because there are a number of videos concerning depositions and uh, there's updates uh, about even a deposition that I had to give for a client not just, you know, one that I took. So if you're interested in learning more about depositions, check out the YouTube channel and search depositions under our channel. But um, So I'm not going to get into the the details of deposition, but understand that it is testimony that you have to provide. Uh, It is the defendant in this case who requested it. You're obligated to go. The defendant pays for the court reporter and the expenses related to the deposition, because he is the one requesting the deposition. So in this case, the plaintiff, the pro se plaintiff, goes to the deposition, gives testimony, and then wants a copy of the transcript. Now, the defendant wants the plaintiff to review the transcript and make sure it's accurate. Now, this is something that happens all the time. Um, I guess it really depends on your state. This is something that they do in New York frequently, where you give a, a deposition, and let's say you're represented by a lawyer. The lawyer on the other side who requested the testimony will receive a copy of the transcript, and they'll send it to you, the lawyer, and you're supposed to give it to your client and say, can you review this for accuracy? And if there are any changes or anything that's incorrect, make a note of it on you know this page within the transcript. So that's what's going on here. So um, you've got a defendant who wants the plaintiff who gave the, tep- the, the, the testimony to verify the accuracy of the testimony, make sure that the transcript is right. However, the defendant, who is represented by a law firm, is refusing to send a copy of the transcript to the pro se plaintiff. Instead, they're demanding that the pro se plaintiff drive five to seven hours away from home to pick up the transcript. Now, what do you think about that? It's insane, right? I think what's going on here is that the defendant, knowing that the plaintiff is pro se, is trying to make their lives just miserable by requiring them to go drive and pick up the transcript. This is one of those situations we've talked about before where a pro se plaintiff has a slight disadvantage because if you get the wrong kind of attorney on the other side they know that they've got an advantage over the pro se plaintiff. If they know that they know the law, they know the system, they know the procedures, and the other side doesn't, and therefore they try to take advantage, they try to bully and manipulate. That's why we are here at utlradio.com because I don't want that to happen. I want you to understand your rights so that when you're in a situation representing yourself without an attorney, you know what's wrong and what's right. So in this situation, does the pro se plaintiff have to drive five to seven hours away from home to pick up the transcript? The answer is absolutely not. It's insane that they're even doing this, but they're doing it because they can. What should be done here? What what should, what should happen? Well, assuming that the pro se plaintiff has written to the defendant and requested a copy of the transcript uh, or voiced his or her objection to the defendant, because everything should be documented. I just don't think you know you do something like this over the phone. You really need to document this. Assuming that that has occurred, then I would su- suggest either writing to the court and advising the judge of the need for a telephone conference, or um, you know maybe a-, a meeting to discuss the defendant's refusal to provide a copy of the deposition transcript without the requirement of driving five to seven hours. I think a judge gets really irritated by that move. And I think the judge says, you know, just give it to him. Really? That's ridiculous. And I think that that hurts the defendants. So that would be option one. Option two, depending upon your state, your court system, and the judge that you might have, you might have to file a motion. And maybe that motion is a motion to compel the other side to provide you with a copy of the deposition transcript. You know, you didn't want your deposition taken. You didn't order your own deposition. So, therefore, why should you be required to pay for the deposition, right, which is why you're not? And why should you be required to drive five to seven hours? You shouldn't. It's not right. It's wrong. And I think that you might need the court's assistance here to make sure that you are not taken advantage of by this defendant who knows that they have a slight advantage over you because you are representing yourself pro se. So, don't hesitate here. Get on the phone, find out if you can send a letter to the judge, fax it, write it if they, you know, if they won't let you fax it, send it in somehow and explain the situation to the judge that the defendant will not provide you with a copy of the transcript. The other interesting thing is that under his court rules, the the asker of the question, he only has 30 days to review and correct any errors in the transcript, and that 30 days is rapidly approaching. So I think that this has to be done immediately. I just, you know, once you hear the answer to this today, I would jump up and down and get your yourself writing a letter, make some phone calls, and get going on this, okay? Don't wait. Don't hesitate, because that 30 days will come and go. And then if something is incorrect or inaccurate, you're not going to be able to have an opportunity to change it. And that's, I think, what the defendant is hoping for. All right, that's going to do it. We did a, uh, a double today, two for Tuesday, two questions, uh, just because we want to get through as many of our legal Q&A um, issues as we can. I want to thank both gentlemen who submitted their questions. Again, both will receive a free utoradio.com. T-shirt, and I want to encourage all of you to ask your questions. You know, you keep asking the questions. I'm going to keep answering them. Send them in, whether they're business or legal questions. They'll be answered. And if uh, if it's something that's urgent or immediate and it can't be answered on the air, rest assured that you're going to get an answer. All right. And please do me a favor and let others know that there is a resource out there that there is, you know, utlradio.com. It's available to everyone. It's free. The information provided is free. It's meant to benefit those people who are representing themselves pro se or handling their own business matters. You know, there's somebody to turn to. There's somewhere to go. There's a resource available to you when you need to know something. You know, the other beauty of this is that we we have such a, a community that if somebody says, hey, I've got a deposition coming up in two weeks. Can you do a video about this issue? We almost always are able to accommodate those requests and get something up. So, you know, what I would just ask you do is, is just share this message. Let people know about utlradio.com. That is our our goal in 2016, to reach as many people, as many people as possible, so that they know that there's hope, there's help, and there's free guidance available to them when they're dealing with their own legal or business matters. And I need your help, so please, please do what you can to let other people know about the show, the video channel, and utlradio.com. Also, a special thanks to our sponsor, mdsupplies.com. Remember, if you are in the market for medical supplies and you want the largest variety at the lowest prices, manufacture direct marketplace, then you want to go to mdsupplies.com. That's going to do it for today. Thanks for joining me. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with our business Q&A followed by our Thursday live legal Q&A and law basics show. You don't want to miss that. Uh, we'll, again, provide the call-in number. So that you are able to call in and chat with me live this Thursday. Um, I think we've been playing around with the times. We put a poll out on Twitter and asked what time works best. So we're going to be trying to fool around with the time. So as of right this moment, I'm not 100% sure what time we're going to do the live show. We're trying to find the time that most people are available to ask their questions. It's a little bit tough sometimes at 10 o'clock in the morning Eastern because people are just getting into work and they don't have the ability to, you know, call in or ask a question because the workday is really just getting underway and it makes it difficult. So we're going to try to find the optimal time that works for everybody so that you guys can call in and ask your questions live and get some, uh, some live answers. I'll give you the call-in number now, but remember it doesn't work until Thursday in the live show. So you're going to have to watch Twitter, Facebook and um you know and and our site utlradio.com to see when the show is going to be broadcast live. But the call-in number, okay? The call-in number is 3478558831. That's 3478558831. That is the call-in number for this Thursday for the live legal Q&A and Law Basics show. Don't call that number any other time because you will not get an answer. So make sure that uh, you're you're waiting until Thursday. And then make sure you're paying attention to Twitter, Facebook, and utlradio.com so you know exactly what time the live show will be broadcast this Thursday. And once we hit that sweet spot, that optimal spot where most people are able to um, access the show during business hours. And then we're going to stick with that. But we're trying to find that sweet spot right now. And I think we're narrowing it down and kind of zeroing in on it. So stick with us for the Thursday show until we get that firmly, firmly in a time slot. All right. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Keep your questions coming. Think about what you need to know, what you want to do for your business how you have, you know, to present yourself, what issues you might might need addressed, whether it's tech issues or personnel issues or or whatever it might be. And then uh, don't forget to think about your legal issues as well because we're here to help you. All right. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in and for the subscriptions and the comments. I appreciate it. Make sure you share this information with your friends, your family, and colleagues, and let them know about utlradio.com, your business success, and legal information station. I'll see you next time.